Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational, educational, and entertaining podcast for auto detailers. Welcome to the community. All right, looking at Mobile Tech 2022, one of the greatest parts about it is the Education Day. I know it's really been impactful for me as I've learned. It's also been great for the community. Sheldon, what can you tell us about Mobile Tech Expo 2022 Education Day? Uh, really looking forward to it and also a lot of hands-on stuff. So we're going to have two different tracks going on just for detailing. And of course, we're going to have business and we actually added a technology track this year since that's been so popular. But uh, Mike Phillips, you know, always popular, is going to have an entire track devoted to him of just hands-on all day of, you know, learn with one of the best on boats, cars, different types of polishing, glass. He's going to try to cover many topics. Uh, also going to have uh, Justin Lobato, a fan favorite. He's going to be doing some hands-on stuff. And um, Marshall, I heard uh, you might be doing a session. Is that true? Hey, let's do it. All right. So, you know, we'll have the famous Marshall Hill there as well. Um, you know, Jody Sedgwick, uh, lots of really great names. Uh, so make sure you check out the schedule at mobiletechexpo.com. There's a link to the education schedule and then also register. Make sure you use code PINTS, P-I-N-T-S, save 15% off your registration and can't wait to see everyone there. Yeah, looking forward to it. Thanks, Sheldon. All right. Thanks, man. Talk to you soon. Ooh. Hi, welcome to the Pints of Polishing Podcast. My name is Marshall Hill, and I'm your guide as we journey through the car care industry. You can find me on Instagram at HyperCleanMarshall, or if you're on TikTok, find me at Detail Supply App. Best way to get in touch, shoot me a text direct, 918-800-1188. I'm uh, going to enjoy a nice little space dust, Elysian IPA, and I'm joined by Scott from uh, Lake Country Manufacturing. You can find them on social at Lake Country MFG. Best way to get in touch is go to their website, lakecountrymfg.com. Scott, uh, thanks for coming to take on the time. We're going to dive into some fun questions, get into some interesting uh, theories, why you guys do certain pads to meet certain needs. And uh, then we'll hop over to the community pub and uh, we will uh, open it up to uh, other detailers to come in and ask the questions they want to and hopefully enjoy a cold beer. But are you drinking a beer? Yes, sir. First off, uh, thanks for having me. Uh, tonight I'm going to enjoy uh, Pizza Toots by Drecker out of Fargo, North, North Dakota. Uh, it's All a right. hazy IPA. It's, it's pretty good. And Love you're it. you're kind of a craft beer guy, right? Is that what I remember? I am. Yeah. Guilty as charged. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, we, I'm I'm the same way. You know, I, I don't know if Elysian is still considered craft and microbrewery, but you know, we we typically that's what we got. We've got in some local uh, brewery. This one that I just started drinking a lot of from uh, here in Jinx is where I'm from, and okay. uh, by Tulsa, Oklahoma. And uh, we found one that just opened up a couple months ago, and <laughs> we've really, really enjoyed it. That's good. You said that's a that's a hazy. Yeah, uh, actually, this one's just a it's just a pale India pale IPA. Just IPA. Um, it's kind of hazy, but it doesn't. It's not classified as one. So, yeah. it's what's good the though. flavor like? It's um, 
it's very smooth for an IPA. Uh, malty, it's just easy drinking. Yeah, the one I uh, so last week on the pub, and I'll, I'll I'll have to apologize again once we get on the pub. It was like ten something percent, and I drank three of them. I got to the end of the pub, and I was like, oh shit, like <laughs> it was a bit much. <laughs> it, it, it does happen. It does happen. That's why we're at a bar, and fortunately, we're at our own homes drinking at a bar. So, <laughs> yeah. all right. So, Scott, we we want to dive into the pads, and I'm going to ask you some seem like very simple questions, but, you know, there's some purpose to the questions. And let's start off with just in general speaking, if I'm going to approach a vehicle and I see it's got a lot of haziness look to it, and it's can definitely see some top scratches. Is that, is that what I need to compound or can I use one of your polishing pads? Uh, how do I differentiate when I need to use a compound pad and when I need to use a polish pad? Um, so typically, you know, our orange pad, our, our, you know, LC original CCS pad, our SDO, HDO orange pads, they're, they're kind of middle of the road where they'll do some good correcting depending on the type of compound you're using or how heavy or aggressive. Um, I mean, if you really wanted to work it, you could probably pull out, say, 1500 grit scratches if you're using, uh, the likes of, a Menzerna 400 or, uh, you know, Sonex, um, heavy cut, uh, you know, something like that. But I mean, you shouldn't have to work that hard, but it's a good starting point. So if you take, you know, like your, um, you know, even if you're using like, uh, say like an 0406 Sonex orange pad, do a test pad to a test spot. You're, you're, you're either going to say this is good enough, or I need to go to the next aggressive pad, which could be you know, the blue pad or a microfiber pad or even a wool pad if if that's what you like. So um, from your line, what which pad do you recommend starting with? Is it the orange pad that everybody always talks about? Yeah. You know, you got your uh, your orange HDO. Your orange and what's, let's, let's dive into that foam because is if depending on which style of pad, is it the same foam? Is there a different foam? Um the only the only orange pad that different that's different from these two uh is the the force pad orange it's a little bit more aggressive all right hold those up and let me take a look at them and explain the difference will you sure so this, this one's kind of like your basic foam pad right it's it's got a nice taper um you know allows you to get in some edging um middle of the road beginner whatever open sale closed cell open cell foam designed for long throw tools uh your short throw tools, anything really, <clears throat> orbital, uh, ran, uh, rotary, anything you want. Uh, HDO pad, so you have an extra layer of foam, very dense foam, doesn't really squish much, um, allows this pad to breathe, uh, get your center hole for heat dissipation, and <clears throat> it's, it's more or less designed for long throw polishers. When I when I first started with Lake Country, I, I was distributing products, uh, selling a long throw polisher, selling some basic pads similar to this one, switching guys from rotary to a long throw polisher, and the pads weren't holding up. So this was this was kind of one of the this is the second generation of the the original pad that was developed to kind of withstand the vigorous motions of the long throw polisher. Okay, uh, yeah, that's that's what I was gonna ask. So you know, as DAs did come out, pad companies had to change quite a bit. You're right. 
what was it about the dual action as opposed to, I know rotary is what most people say the DA was trying to replace, but I, I would say for majority of people that I, I, I just don't think there was a whole lot of people using the rotary that came over to DA more than there was a, the, the people like me who were using a, a cyclo who were using a, uh, uh, Porter cable who were using something like that. And we weren't trying to go so heavy I now I used a rotary and I'm happy to still use a rotary, but I think there was a lot of people in the, the DA market that came from just using a, a simple tool. And I was very, I didn't understand why my pads were all, you know, they were, the pad was coming apart. It was getting too, the machine was getting too hot or the glue part was coming off. I mean, there were, you're right. There was all kinds of issues. What, what was it about the machine that, that made all these pads have issues? Um, there, there was a couple things going on. It was just a completely different motion of what foam pads were being used for in the past. They just, you know, you're going in one circular motion. There's not a lot of fight, right? There's more drag than anything. And then it was, you know, how open the cell is, what size is that pore would regulate your drag and your airflow through that pad and prevent it from getting hot or buildup. Um, were so, most of the early ones closed cell or open cell? No, most of the old ones were, they were, so they were, they were open cell foams. They originated as off the shelf, like uh, filter foams for different applications in various industries. And somehow somebody along the way said, these are, these work for polishing. Um, and so, you know, they did, they worked great. You know, you had your standard, uh, what was it yellow orange green white black red you know you had all your standard colors which were different they were they were based on ppi size your your pore size um per square inch, your pore per square inch so you know you started with take for example like your white 3m waffle pad right it's a 50 ppi it was one of the larger open cell pads on the market that equated to the way you like when you you know not so much like when you squeeze it, but when you, when you like rub your hand across it, it felt really aggressive. Okay. So in, in transition, that was like, oh, this pad feels really aggressive. It's a compounding pad. <laughs> and then it was a little stiffer than as you went down the range. But that isn't, I mean, with older compounds, there were, you know, every, every compound's always been a diminishing abrasive to a degree. But it also depends on how big that conglomerate of compounds starts out and then how far it will actually break down. There were some, you remember those that were like, they smelled like, like kerosene, bottle, right? Yeah, they smelled like kerosene. And then when you rubbed it, you literally thought it was like liquid sandpaper. I mean, yeah. it was just insane. So those larger, those larger cell foams, you would get your cutting action. And as those conglomerates broke down, they would be small enough to migrate up into the pad. And then you were mm. left with that kerosene or that, that carrier behind, which would leave your oily film. But the, the aggregates were off the surface. So you were, you were done cutting at that point. But it had already scoured the paint and didn't really break down, diminish and polish and finish and level it out. So there's just a, there's a lot of different things that have happened in the market in the last 10 years between not only foams, but, you know, even compounds, the, the abrasives that are used in them. I mean, they're, they're doing much more than what they ever did in the past. And it also helps 
you know, it, it's hard because you got you. Know, we make pads, right? We don't make polish, so we have to kind of try to make stuff work with everybody's, you know, liquids, um, which is it's a challenge in itself. But um, you know, not some of our pads maybe not work with some polishes. I, you know, you can't you can't marry them to everything. So it, that it's part of the it's part of the fun. Yeah. Okay. I had to chase that little rabbit for a second. So thanks. Um, all right, but we're talking about your orange pads and, um, I'm, that's what I'm going to go to, right? That's, that's the first one that you're going to recommend. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, if it does the job you recommend going, can, can you with that pad use it as an all in one or do I need to nest or do I need to step it down and then use a, a polish? You mentioned, EXO 406. We love it too. Uh, out of Sonax. Um, you know, is that, is it, do you always have to do it or can you do a one step with your orange pad? A lot of times you can one step it with an orange pad. Um, the only time you really run into some issues is if you have some of the softer paints on the market where the orange pad won't quite finish out and then you kind of got to go to the black. Um, yeah. but the majority the majority of our, our, our sales come from this orange pad. I mean, that's, um, that's the phone that you guys, yeah. That, that you all kill ours. We love our blueberry and it's, there's a couple people that have the phone too. And, and, and we love it. That's our, yep. That's our number one seller. We, we love that pad. We call it the one pad and, uh, it's our universal type pad. Yeah. So, uh, just a little sneak peek for a oh, nice. You can't go um that's kind of so you said for those at sema that can't go you're going to be releasing a, a pad to 50 people instead of uh the, the 5000 like normal for those who can't go uh we're going to be there uh so you know we're doing the sdo and the hdo we're kind of taking the old school technology you know the flat pad or the ccs pad that was designed for you know say like a porter cable, no center hole, you know, none of those vacuum plates had ventilation. Um, we get a lot of requests where I love the CCS pad, but I need a center hole and uh, I want to use it on a log throw polisher. So the SDO, HDO pads after SEMA will be available in the CCS formulation. So it's kind of like old school meets new school. Um, cool. So that pad you held up, that was the original pad when I first heard the name Lake Country. That's what I knew you for. Mm -hmm. And that's the only pad I knew you guys had was that because it's kind of a special design, a isn't it? It's a patented technology. It's, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's stands for collapsed cell structure. So each one of these dimples is caused by heat and pressure collapses the cells, which actually closes them. So when the, when the compound of the polish is in those dimples, it doesn't absorb into the pad as fast you get more working time on the surface. So you actually get more out of your, your polishes because you're not absorbing them into the pad as fast. And so you, you took that and made a center hole and allowed it to be used in more traditional, what we know today in 2021, late 2021 is a, a traditional DA pad. Yeah. I mean, those, these, these traditional, these, we refer to these as the LC originals, right? These are yeah, our standard yeah. LC well, originals. This is our old school pad. DA cutback pads. Um, but you know, the growing trend is the tapered pad, um, the HDO pad, you know, the long throw tools, the durability, all that stuff. So we're kind of, 
you know, it's nothing crazy, nothing, you know, super spectacular, but uh, we're trying to encapsulate all crowds, right? If you like the CCS pad, you're going to, yeah. but you, but you're afraid to try the, the HDO, SDO, like now you get best of both worlds and hopefully uh, kind of bridge a gap there. Another one. Cool. All right. So, Your strongest compound pad. Which one is that? Uh, you're either going to do your low limp, the low limp wool pads, mm -hmm. which has the blue interface, um, short fiber, pretty aggressive, uh, similar aggressions like a microfiber cutting pad, but kind of universal where you can use this on a rotary as well, because it's, you know, microfiber on a rotary is kind of <laughs> a little sketchy, um, yeah. but this guy this guy is pretty aggressive uh, and then you kind of usually after that you go to orange pad or black pad if you need to okay you'll go you'll go straight from the the wool pad to to the orange pad is yeah. that uh, over there behind you is that a is that a blend that you have this guy yeah yeah our, the purple foam wool this is a uh sometimes referred to as the cotton candy pad um and that's kind of how I describe it. So the difference between, you know, these fibers, this is a natural 100% wool knitted product, a little bit shorter than that one. But, you know, these fibers will just lay right over, right? And, you know, they'll, when you push down, um, they'll kind of lay flat, they'll spread out. Well, these guys, why I call it cotton candy is if you take it and kind of pull it apart, it, it they're foamed together like cotton candy is so like you know you rip apart cotton candy and they're kind of it's all stuck together there's actually a, a nano foaming process that holds the fibers up versus like laying down so when you're when you're using it it feels like a foam pad the pressure you know it doesn't just squish down um not quite as aggressive as say like the lowland pad but but close it'll finish out a little bit better so it's it's another fan favorite uh originally very popular with the rotary users um a lot of a lot of like force rotation guys use it 3401s mm -hmm. that, i mean i know there's some people that have come out with some other forced rotations but i mean flex still dominates if somebody wants to use a, a forced rotation i mean it just is what it is you know i mean yeah. It, it, it's called a beast for a reason yeah <laughs> Yeah. uh great tool so uh scott when when you guys think uh because i haven't really heard you say anything where you're mandating and telling somebody to do something it's i think more of from a pad company you have a bunch of different options so that uh people can choose based on a scenario right yeah so uh, under that theory, yes uh, yeah under that theory how do you guys handle paint correction? You know, when there's, there's companies and not necessarily pack them, it's just companies in general, some that will mandate and tell people they have to do correction. There's some people that say don't there's, you know, as you and I joked about a second ago, I mean, this is becoming a hot topic. Uh, I've been talking about it for years because I never saw the practicality in mandating and forcing somebody to do full corrections on things because you, I've just always felt it was, you know, because I was a real life detailer, I, I would allow the customer to choose what best fit for them. From a pad company standpoint, I mean, where do you guys stand? I mean, 
Is that why you have so many different options instead of just here? If you're going to do paint correction, you have to do this, this, and this, or, you know, how, how do you guys handle the, the paint correction um, bubble? You know, it's, you know, we always kind of tell, we'll say like our customers are distributors and we kind of, you know, we kind of feed through them is like the end user, you, the detailers, you guys got to let your customers decipher how far they want to take it and how, you know, how far they want to go with their paint and educate them on all you know the things that come with it um but if you want to go full correction we want to make sure that you we have everything in the whole scale that you can do the whole job from correction to finishing um no matter what kind of tool you're using so a lot of our a lot of our tool or our, excuse me a lot of our pad lines are actually designed around tools types of tools um our catalog, if you if you get your hands on one of our catalogs or go on our website and look at our catalog, each one of our pad lines has recommendations on the types of tools that they should be used with. Um, a lot of the pads will work on many other tools, but the ones we recommend will give you the best performance, best durability, you know, reliability, all that stuff. So, you know, ones we recommend is that's what they're made for. Not to say you can't use the other pads, you know, some guy will take an HEO pad and use it on a force rotation, but it's really designed for a long term. Will it, will it affect the performance? No. It's just the benefits of the dual layer may not be needed, right? Um, so it's just because of a different action. So it, it's, it's, it's very interesting because you can go down a rabbit hole really fast and go many different directions. So trying to keep it simple for every type of tool and then trying to marry it to, you know, every polish out on the market it's so you point. mentioned the orange pads the dominant i mean it, it just dominates uh, for you guys uh so would you think based on on that most most of your customers are doing one steps are doing um you know 50 to 70 percent you know correction or other you know there's a term enhancement right there's there's a lot of confusion in the market of, of how do we define, uh, you know, just getting the car to where it looks really good, you yeah. know, without having to do, you know, concourse level 90 plus percent correction. So would you think that most people are doing just good general one step to, you know, maybe a, a, a good compound that gets 50 to 70% of all the defects out? Is that where you think the market's at? I, yeah, I want to say in that, you know, 75 to 85% range of pulling all defects out. Um, I mean, 85 still really, I mean, that's a lot. I mean, there's uh, the, the orange pad is like a very safe pad. And like I said, you can kind of, you can kind of delegate how far it goes depending on the, on the liquid. So you can, you can overwork the pad. I mean, it'll, it'll, it'll perform. Um, you can work it harder than it probably needs to, but you know, a lot of times we get a lot of end user calls in here and, and, you know, they want, I want to put a shine on my car and I don't want to have to do a million steps. And it's kind of like, what do you recommend? It's like, you know, buy an orange pad, buy a black pad. The orange pad doesn't get you where you need finish it up with the black and you, you'll probably be happy, especially if you're not a professional, you don't know what the full correction really means. Um, you know, so, but, so based, I didn't mean to, inter I, I mean, I did mean no. to interrupt you, but I apologize. Uh, so based on what you said there, 
the orange pad's going to go as far as most of the, you know, if we, you would say, you said end user, we would say, you know, the daily driver, the, the regular, the regular guy, you know, right. You know, even the guys that are, you know, just learning, like, um, like in the last year, we had a lot of end user calls, right. With COVID going on. people. Yeah. That's what you say. End user. Yeah. They're kind of, they're kind of, uh, you know, they're researching, they're learning. They're like, well, I think I can do that. Like, I want to, I want to get started, but I don't know where to start. It's just kind of like, that's, kind of the one pad where I always direct people is start with the orange pad, you know, and go from there. If you need anything more aggressive, grab the blue or grab the purple foam wall and then get a black pad. And you're, you're, you're probably going to get done 75% of what you need to do. And the car's going to look great. And then there are, there are more people, you know, there are other people, a smaller crowd that wants the more aggressive, the wool pads, the microfiber pads, actually microfiber pads are pretty popular, but um the wool pads the knitted pads things like that i mean those are once they feel comfortable with the foam pad then they move on to the to those pads so. yeah and i mean 75 percent. let's not joke around is really good yeah i mean the, the next the next percentage is to get to that 85 is going to be micro marring which generally you would need that second pad that's going to be a polish and you you got to go around again you know so to get 75 is good to achieve beyond the, the, the 85, you're going to have to have done a lot of that heavier type correction up front with maybe what you're saying with the wool pad or, you know, some of the sanding even. So to hit 75, and that's the reason why I bring that up is I think a lot of people keep thinking that we need to achieve these ultimate levels. And, you know, you got to go to this training so that they can teach you how to achieve. Listen, 75% is going to blow most people away and you can do it with one step. Like that, that's really been a lot of my point over the past years has been, there's just not a need to do all that other stuff because the majority of where your customers are going to be, if you want to really grow and have, you know, a team and have volume and have people coming through your shop or your mobile business, 75%, man, that's a great number. I, I think that's right on spot. And, and, you know, going back, you know, started detailing 20 plus years ago with a rotary, a wool pad, you know, 3M pads, whatever, your goal was to get every scratch out. Like, you weren't just polishing the paint. Like, you you were correcting, but nobody called it correcting. You were just, that was how you buffed the car. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, at that point it was like uh i don't want to leave swirls right (laughs) that was the big thing you don't want to leave swirls now it's you can get a good enough finish with with the tools on the market and the pads and the polish and everything where you don't have to worry about swirls right so micro marring is an average person really going to see it maybe maybe not it's a different pattern it's still like a swirl but it's not a swirl but it's hard to to draw that line on what's good enough because people are putting their name on it. Right. And they don't want to, they don't want to come back, say, or tell their friends that this guy didn't get everything out. So it's, it's, it's really hard to cut it off on how many defects you want to leave or get out. I'm excited about having that conversation with you over on the pub because Alex uh, is a guy that actually brought that scenario up and, uh, he should be on the pub later tonight. So awesome. uh, when he hops in, 
we're going to dive into that with him and you, because that's an interesting theory of how far do you go? Because he said that, what if a neighbor comes over and looks at the car and picks out something and it was your name that was on it. So it is an interesting theory. Scott, thanks so much, man. Uh, how do you, how do you rate that beer? I mean, I, Elysian is usually a good beer for me. I just wish it had a little bit more citrus to it. I'd like it to be, I like the hazy. I like the New England style IPAs. This one's a bit bitter. It's a bit bitter. Yeah. I, I give this one about an eight. This nice. Pretty, good. pretty solid. Cool. So. All right, man. Uh, we'll see you at the community pub. All right, sir. Thank you. Episode over. Leave us a review and we will see you on the community pub Wednesday nights at 730 Central. The Zoom meeting ID is 918-800-1188. That's the community pub Wednesday nights, 730 Central. The Zoom meeting ID is 918-800-1188. Grab a pint and enjoy. Thank you.